Hey everyone, welcome to our first review special of the Fake Nerd Podcast. I am Brandon T. McClure. Joined with me is Sparkplug Wickawitty. Hey guys. We decided to start this subsection of the show in order to highlight certain films that we watch over the year that may not fall into our niche. Our niece? Niece? <laughs> niche. 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 Uh, little Boy Meets World joke for you. Gazoon type. Uh, so we'll hopefully do more of these as the as the next year rolls around. Um, but for now, we're going to talk about hot cocoa. I mean, cocoa. I've got hot cocoa. He does have hot cocoa. I have hot cocoa Oreos. So I guess that's the same. Same thing, right? I'm just saying they're pretty good. Y'all go to the seasonal section, get some hot cocoa Oreos. I'm telling you. Anyway, Sparks right. is shaking his head. Um. I'm just mildly disappointed. Why? Because I wanted to, like, have hot cocoa with you. Yeah, but I don't have any. Yeah, well, we could have we could have figured this out. Anyway, this is not the time. No, it's not. Uh, so we're going to be discussing this Disney Pixar's latest film, Coco, uh, which came out uh, over Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, I'm going to say right off the bat, it's a pretty enjoyable flick. I'm just going to be honest. It's uh, It's pretty great. It's a pretty great flick. Yeah, I, uh, I, w- I saw this film twice, and uh, both times I was sobbing. Yeah, I've seen it twice now, too, and uh, I, I won't go so far as to say sobbing, but I've, I've definitely been emotionally affected by it both times. Yeah, I remember the first time we watched it, we were all together, and <laughs> we watched it early Thanksgiving morning, and we all, when I turned around and looked at all of our friends, and I was just like, are we all crying? And <laughs> we, were, we were all crying. Was your your mother went to see it with us? Was she crying as well? Yeah, everyone was crying. Man, that was it was fun though. Anyway, so uh, just to get started, uh, this film opens with Miguel, uh, who is uh, part of the family who has outlawed music, much in the same vein as Footloose, and uh, they, hmm. you know, their uh, their family has been betrayed by a musician in the past, their great great grandfather, uh, and so. They they just Miguel's great great Miguel's great grandfather and they have outlawed music, um, but Miguel really wants to be a musician uh, more than anything itself. And uh, uh, over the course of the first act, goes to steal who he believes is his great great grandfather's guitar. Uh, he believes that his great great grandfather is a. Uh, he discovers it's a uh, Ernesto de la Cruz, this massive musician, the most famous mm-hmm. musician, the greatest musician in the world. Uh, self-proclaimed, I believe. And he could fly. He could fly. Um, he uh, Miguel looks up to him, idolizes him, and uh, they came from the same small town, and he steals the guitar in his crypt, and that sends him to the land of the dead, where we get into the meat of the film. And, yes. Uh, so what did you think, of, what'd you think of, of this film? Sparks go into a bit more detail than is pretty great. Uh, I I love this film. I've been excited about this movie for, it feels like, a decade. Ever since they announced that they had a concept for a Dia de los Muertos film. There was nothing else said about it, just that, for years. And uh, I remember back when Book of Life came out, I was afraid that it would be a newt situation and Pixar would abandon the project but they kept it going it wasn't until two years ago we found out the title coco and a little bit more about what it was going to be like um at d23 
That's right. Uh, for a little bit more background on on this, uh, Newt was an early Pixar film that was, I believe, part of the uh, the first uh, lunch they had, the first lunch meeting they had. I don't know if that's true. I think Wally was the last one of those. Oh, possibly. Um, well, that well, that's that's wrong. That's wrong. Uh, but because of the similarities and story beats to the film Rio, which had come out, they scrapped that film. They uh, did. So it doesn't. And since then, it does not look like we will ever see Newt. But no, we we it's way off the docket. It'll never happen. Right. Um, so the uh, often forgotten. Uh, Canceled Disney 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 film Disney <laughs> Disney film, uh, the often forgotten Disney Pixar film. Uh, yeah, this film is excellent. It highlights uh, the themes of family and and there are some similarities to Book of Life, and I do want to point those out. But Book of Life tackles the material in a very different way, including its portrayal of the land of the dead. And uh, so, anyone who thinks that these films are too similar well tough they're both great so you know right um i really like book of life i just want to point that out there right now i i have no opinion i have not watched it sure um yeah i thought the characters in this film were were incredibly real and not yeah not to mention the animation that pixar is doing these days wow I mean, these characters feel so lifelike. You can see their the way Miguel's clothing moves on him is incredible. Um, there you go. Uh, yeah, no, I mean the the uh, the animation has just gotten unbelievable. Uh, it, it, the the vibrance in this film is off the scale. Uh, it's not only one of the best Pixar films in terms of story and character, it's one of the best-looking Pixar films to yeah. date. It's so full of color. They use everything at their disposal uh, from the culture in order to um, really fill the entire atmosphere of the world that they create. I I, uh, I was in awe. Oh, me too. Uh, there's this great shot where, he's, where Miguel is running down the plaza and... Uh, you see all the people walking in the Dia de los Muertos uh, uh, makeup and costumes, and it's this gorgeous shot. I mean, um, not to say this film has a lot of comedic elements, but like most Pixar films, uh, and I think a lot of this film, um, what I think Pixar does so well is their balance between humor, heart, and uh, and drama. You know, yes, they're the humor always serves the story. Like there's a character in this film, Dante, who's, who's a kind of Miguel's adopted dog, mm-hmm. um, that his, uh, his grandmother does not approve of by, uh, and we know that because she threw a shoe at him. His abuelita. His abuelita. Um, oh, one, one thing I do want to mention, it was really great that this film, uh, is outside of John Ratzenberger. Uh, the entire cast is, uh, of Mexican descent. Yeah. That's really cool. I thought that was really great. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So, the the animation in the in the day in the land of the dead, how they portrayed the land of the dead, how it was, how people cross over into how the the dead cross over and watch the living, uh, kind of like a, a bus stop esque area. Uh, I thought that was all really clever and fun. Yeah, kind of like a a check in station, and you get scanned, and it's it decides if you're pictures on the offerenda then you can go and it's very digitally handled and 
and then they've got you know oh do you have anything to claim but it's it's very kind in the way that it is because of course they have things to claim that they go over there to get things from their loved ones and they bring them back yeah um yeah i I really i really liked the inventiveness of it um me too one of the things that i i also liked is when uh when miguel is is taken to the land of the dead no one's really frightened or threatened by him they're just kind of like this is not supposed to happen (laughs) this is unusual no one's ever like scared of him, and I I thought that was when I when I first saw the trailers for this film. Some of the trailers well, do portray like there's like this mass panic in the land of the dead that people need to be fearful of this hu- living human. Right, it's not a monster thing situation though. They are they are put off by him because there is that one part where he's crossing the bridge for the first time and the daughter's staring at him as she goes the other way. Yeah. And the mom's like, no, don't stare. I just feel runs away. It's like, Oh, I've seen something unholy. Like that's kind of how it's handled. Yeah. But it's never, it's never, it's really not the main focus of the film. I mean, he no. could walk around land of the dead and people would just kind of think it's weird. Right. Uh, but the, the film is, is, is really his quest, Miguel's quest, to get his great-great-grandfather's blessing to play music. Yes, because he very quickly meets his family, and they bring him to his great-great-great-grandmama, mm-hmm. uh, Mama Imalda, and she uh, refuses to give him blessing that doesn't require him to have to give up being a musician, because yes. she's the one who started that whole trend. Yes, because it was her husband who walked out on the family. Right. And uh, and so from there, he's because he came there being convinced that Ernesto de la Cruz is his great-great-grandfather, he goes in search of him by whatever means, which leads him to the, the not-on-the-right-side-of-the-law skeleton man known as Hector. Yes. And uh, before we continue, I, I, I forgot to, in the beginning... I'm going to throw up a spoiler warning here. So there are full spoilers for this film. If you don't want to know uh, anything, pause it and go see the film. But, you know, I'll put it in the description, so probably you already know that by now, so you know what you're getting into. But still, um, Hector's a really fun character, I oh, felt. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of just falling apart, and he's he really, like, more so than really anyone else in the Land of the Dead, he kind of utilizes the fact that his body parts are interchangeable and can be disconnected yes, he's he's more skeleton-esque than anyone else yeah like he's really taken it taken to uh the the land of the dead uh what was the uh frida frida carlo yes the celebrity they meet yes there's this bit where where they're trying to find ernesto so they go to what should be his uh his uh, rehearsal. rehearsal space and this famous uh actress frida 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 carlo is putting on the opening act for uh, Ernesto's uh, sunrise show, which is going to be like the end of uh, the Day of the Dead, and uh, this this is so ridiculous how she's just like, and the the avoc- first we open up on an avocado, and then the, it's the, a papaya. It's a papaya, <laughs> and and, the, and all the pieces come out of the papaya. The dancers, and they're all me. And then they jump onto the mother cactus, also me. Yeah, and they drink of its tears. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty fun. Yeah, She's so, I thought that was great. The, the 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 characters in this are so lively and and you know obviously we we've talked a little bit about how you know he's looking for his his uh, 
great great grandfather's blessing to play music. So music does play a very important part in this film. Some people have, oh huge yeah. Some people have called this Pixar's first musical. Hmm. I guess. I mean, you could make the argument because it it arguably has as much music in it as Moana. Sure. Yeah. I, so I, I, so I guess if you would consider Moana a musical, then then I would say then you would also consider this a musical. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of one of those films where the lines are kind of blurred because the music isn't really something that progresses the story. And like in a classic musical, it is really just something that they do that they stop the story and do a little bit and then and then right. move on. Like they perform within the film. Mm-hmm. So I guess by default, it is a musical, but I think it's a little hard to classify as a musical. Sure. Um, much in the same way as a classic sense, but it pay Pixar wanted to do musical all for it. Michael Michael G- Giacchino score, Giacchino score. It's Gia- Giacchino. Giacchino. Yeah, his score in this one. Who he's a Pixar mainstay. Uh, is excellent. Yes, it's it's absolutely wonderful. What was your favorite song, Sparks? Um. I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Mine's... Get back to me later in the episode. <laughs> Mine's Poco Loco. Poco Loco's really good. I like that Poco one a lot. Poco Loco's really good. Can we talk about... This is going to sound really weird, but that kid is super adorb- adorable. I almost said adorbs, and I almost hated myself for a second. <laughs> uh, yeah, he is He is super adorable. Um, so anyway, so, we, we, so his family is kind of searching for him because he's on the run with Hector, and they need a guitar, and so they go to the land, essentially the land of the forgotten... Mm-hmm. Like it, or nearly forgotten, because if and we learn that if you've forgotten, if the last living person who knew you or who knew your story dies, then you disappear from the de- from the land of the dead. Right. If you're if they have not passed on your story, then then you will be forgotten. Yeah, and the that's, final death. That's really sad. And so we're also when is it revealed that Hector that that's happening happening to Hector? Um. When, when uh, he and Miguel finish the contest, and then he finds out that Miguel has other family, and he says, oh, "Look at me! I'm about to be forgotten. The, I'm running out of time." Oh, I see. Okay. Um, yeah. So Miguel is running from his fa- from his family because they the, they can give him his blessing, uh, and Hector is kind of being misled by Miguel. Because he believes that the only bit of family he has is Ernesto. Yes, which uh, is not accurate. Right. Uh, what was what were the spirit animals called again? Uh, I will butcher it if I try to pronounce it. Um, Alabrijes. Al- Alabri- Alabrija. Okay, whatever. We're we're both white men. Like, so like if sorry. it's if it's singular, it's Alabrija, and if it's plural, it's Alabrijes. Sure. I think so. Uh, the great great grandmothers. Yeah, probably. The great-great-grandmother's spirit animal is intense. Papita. Papita? My God. Yeah. It, is a, it, is a, it is a lion cat with wings. Yeah, it's really cool. It was really nuts. I, I remember seeing that one in the... I remember seeing a poster with that thing in it, and I, uh, I, I never saw it in any other marketing, and I was like, what is that? God, just know. the... Uh, Alabrijes. That, yeah. Alabrijes. Um, the the art 
put into those those creatures was so oh, cool. It's gorgeous. It's kind of neon esque, but that never really looks like it's glowing. It just kind of looks like it's unless it's that monkey at that one part. Oh man, that monkey was great. Is they they're both wise and quiet and fierce and blows fire out of his mouth. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so Hector Hector claims to know Ernesto. Mm-hmm. Um. I should we get into the to the twist of the story? I feel like we keep dancing around it. I mean, I feel like we could just have an open discussion. So yeah. So Hector Hector claims to know Ernesto. When did you figure out the twist of the film? So I figured that he was a bad guy around like the point where Hector was like shaming him before they got to the contest. Okay. But I didn't think about what that would mean. I just thought he was going to be, like, not a cool dude. And then it was when Hector and Ernesto were arguing in front of Miguel, and Hector said, I just wanted to see my little girl, and I'm like, oh, no. That's where, it got, that's where I called it, too. So the twist of the film is that Hector is the musician who walked out on his family, is Miguel's great 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 grandfather and his daughter coco was named for the film Mm -hmm. um is dying yes and well well she's forgetting she's forgetting she's not dying she's forgetting right she's forgetting her father and if she does he disappears forever and all he wants to do is go back to the living world to see her one last time before that happens or, or even if not that, he wanted, even if he couldn't go visit her, he was hoping he could at least stick around long enough that when she got to the land of the dead, he could he could hug her. Yeah. And, uh, boy, is that sad. But it does lead to a really, really sweet moment where he's like, uh, where he's like, are you kidding? A minute ago, I thought my, I thought my, my great-great-grandfather was a murderer. Yeah. Total uh, upgrade. Yeah. Um... And they they kind of find out at the same time after it's revealed that Ernesto is uh, a villain. He tosses them both into a sinkhole. Yes. And uh, and they uh, and they just kind of like kind of have a moment, but also kind of wait to die a little bit. Yeah. Because Miguel is Miguel is also if Miguel doesn't lead the land of the dead by sunrise, then he will be stuck there. Yeah. He will die. Yeah, uh, which I, I I really liked. It gave the it gave the film some interesting sta- interesting stakes, but you never really realize that the film is kind of about preventing a little boy from dying. Yeah, which is it's not it's not present on your mind. Right, it's a little morbid if you think about it, though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So man. let's not. <laughs> uh, but they're you know they're they're rescued and all is happy. I really liked Ernesto as a character. Sure. I thought they really like. I saw the movie Hail Caesar. I think it was last year that th- that it came out. Um, and in the film, you know, our future Han Solo is singing, and you know, he's a Western star, and they kind of they kind of try to capture that old Hollywood, uh, you know, like what the Three Amigos tried to capture, what Hail Caesar tries to capture. I think they they Pixar did a really good job of recreating uh, that idea. Of the old like Cary Grant esque Hollywood, 
sure um westerns and like every you know every film he's got a guitar and he's you know singing and they're always kind of over the top and he's always this macho good guy yeah i thought that was really really well done really well animated i love the i love the bit where we just see all of his movies playing around Mm -hmm. that was cool um yeah, so so they're so they're they're found out, and uh, man, I really like the designs in this film. Sorry, I was just thinking about the designs of the of the skeletons of the of everything. They're really cool. They are. Um, the The whole film is crafted with so much rich detail, both in character and in style. That there there's just so much to dig into. There's so much to enjoy, both the first time and the second time. Um, and the film is so packed with so much. I mean, it, it. I've heard from other people, and I can kind of understand where the idea comes from, that when people saw it the first time, when you get towards the second act, they feel like the film kind of wanders. Mm-hmm. And they it kind of starts to lose track of itself. But the third act spins it back so hard, you're pretty much emotionally locked in from the moment that Hector and Ernesto are in the same room till the end of the film. I would agree with that. Uh, like, like it, it, the whole film has kind of grabbed you and not let you go at that point. Right. Um, there's so much packed into this film, the story-wise, animation-wise. I just really want to quick point out the animation is so good that you can see the holes in the calluses, or what are they called, inside bones? The, you know, the holes in, in the bones? I don't know the word. Okay, well, you can see those. Right. And it's crazy. You can see the crevices within the finger bones and uh, within the finger digits. It's, it's amazing uh, what they can do with uh, animation these days. Pixar can, oh my God. But... I would kind of agree with the third, with the second act kind of wandering a little bit, um, but I I just you're just so emotional in this film watching Dante kind of guide uh, Miguel through finding his great great grandfather. Dante knows that it's Hector, and keeps trying to push them together. Right. Um, and we find out that Dante is a spirit animal as well. Yes. And I thought that was a fun reveal. Yeah, I I did too. Um, I mean, it's kind of laid the groundwork. It, it's it didn't surprise me. Yeah, is there's, the way I'll say it. There's a lot of what I wanted to kind of get at is that there's there are a lot of references to this film and other Pixar films in the, in this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, when in the beginning he he's tapping on all of the spirit animals that we meet in the film and then see Dante as the last one, mm-hmm. and so that kind of like foreshadows that. You know what the in in order all the uh, all the spirit animals we meet. Um, I hear there's an Incredibles poster to to you know to kind of be like, hey, Incredibles two is coming next year. Uh, right. As they always kind of kind of hint at at a next film or hint at other films. There's so much packed into this film. It's so busy. The animation is you don't really see those those uh, references like you would in other Pixar films that are kind of more just kind of sitting there. Sure. Like I, I, you know, like I know in Monsters Inc. we see Buzz and Nemo and the Luxo uh, ball in the same sequence, I believe. Uh, yes. Yeah, in I think in, so. in, uh, in Boo's room. I I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, I think so. And I I didn't see the Luxo ball anywhere in this movie. I'm sure it's there. Oh, it has to be. That's, but darned that's, if that's I there. could find it. Yeah. It's so packed, but never in a and never in a bad way, in a way that feels authentic to the story. 
uh, to the the world, to the culture. It's just, I feel like, I mean, not knowing a whole lot about the culture myself, I felt it was a respectful representation. Like they put in a lot of care and a lot of effort into making this film. And it shows within every detailed frame. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's, it's one of those situations where I feel like a lot like I did when I came out of Moana, which is why I still love Moana so much. I'm, I'm hard pressed to find a flaw. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that as we discussed it here, we would find one (laughs) together. Yeah. I don't want to. I know. There's a part of me that really doesn't want to. And I'm not going to say that it's a flaw, this movie. No, that's not what I'll say. I'm just saying it's not obvious if there is a flaw to how this was crafted. It is not clear to me. Right. There was never a moment in this film where I'm watching it and I'm like, wow, I don't like that or eh, I could have done without that. There's yeah. only there's only just love in this film. Um but just to kind of like you know get to the get to get let's get to the end real quick cuz I I felt so we revealed sure. so we revealed that the, the Ernesto's most famous song. So real quick Ernesto killed Hector and stole his songs. Yes. And his most famous song, his last song, Remember Me. It's this kind of poppy it's kind of like upbeat rock song um he sped it up and it was initially written just for hector and coco to sing together but much slower right so hector has been trying to help um to help miguel get his picture up in the living world so that he can he can go see he can go see coco yeah, get Hector's picture back. Yeah. yeah. And so he tries, so they try to, so that's so that's his motivation. One of the things I wanted to, real quick, that I just totally remembered, I love how each character looks as old as they died. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting take. I thought that was really fun, because you can see how, you know, clearly... Um, the great great grandmother, forgive me, I forget her name. Um, Mama Imalda. Imalda, Ma- Mama Imalda. Uh, she looked older than Hector because Hector died very young, and uh, right. Imalda didn't. Right. I thought that was fun. Um, and so Hector's been trying to kind of like see, like, look, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and then and then they realize that, you know, they he had he he's being forgotten by Coco and kind of and and. And Imalda feels bad for him and is like, well, okay, well. Well, it's the it's the realization that the reason he never came home was because he was murdered. Yeah, it was that. Um, you know, and she's not really too sure if she can forgive him, but she wants to. Um, yeah. And they they do this, uh, so they do this kind of like heist to try and get uh, Hector's picture away uh, back from Ernesto who stole it. Right. And uh, and uh, it's a really fun sequence. Where Imalda and, and Ernesto are singing and kind of like fighting, singing, and then, uh, you know, it's revealed that to the whole world that that Ernesto is a horrible human being as he tries mm-hmm. to kill Miguel by throwing him off the, off the off the off the off the stage or the back right. of the stage off the off the back of the building they're on, yeah, yeah, um, and, I, and there's big rescue. 
And I'm kind of speeding through this because I want, one of the things I want to talk about the most... I mean, you don't need to be recapping. We can just chat about it, man. No, but when 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 we get to the land of the living, when we're back to the real world, Miguel runs to, uh, to Coco. Yes. To try and get her to remember Hector. Right. And... When when he picks up the guitar to sing the slow version of "Remember Me," mm-hmm. that's when the waterworks start. Mm. That's where I lost it. Right, and from then on, it was just me sobbing. <laughs> and I get really sure. emotional in movies. I will I will admit that. But man, I have not cried like this in a long time. Right. I think the last honestly, <laughs> I didn't really. La- I didn't really cry the first time I saw Inside Out, but I, I cried the second time I saw it. Okay. Um. But it was nowhere near as, th- as bad as this, and this was. It's a look. I'm not saying it's a sad ending. It's a good cry. Like man, this film brings it home in a in a in a big way. Right. Absolutely. And uh, very, you know, man. Pixar, man. When are they gonna? When do you think Pixar's bad movie is going to hit? Uh, I mean, you, you, people would argue that it has. Cars 2? Yeah, like, I mean, or, or Brave or Cars 1. I mean, really, depending on who you are. Like, it, people would argue that there have been missteps with Pixar. I, I don't think there's ever going to be a film where everyone just like agrees like wow that was a terrible idea because Pixar just operates under such a way where even their like weakest films are not bad films. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to you wanted to talk about? Um yeah, that this movie's amazing. <laughs> um uh I think that the film has has just such a <sighs> a strong representation of family and the importance of it. And it's not done in a way where I feel like it's, it's a forced message. I think that there's something so natural about the way that Miguel is passionate and, and you get this kind of interpretation of, you know, it's something you love. You should pursue your dream. You need to go after it regardless of what your family says. And it's like, he, he, his family aren't the villains of the film, but to him, they are. And that's something so well done, that balance where, like, you as an audience don't necessarily see them as the bad guys, but you can recognize that he does. Mm -hmm. And you're still kind of following him. You're not necessarily rooting for or against anyone at that moment. You're just kind of like, I'm going to go along and see where this goes. Especially if you're, like, our age where we've dealt with family. I'm sure we've both had arguments with our family much in the same vein as as the one towards the beginning of this film where it's discovered that he, you know, he loves music and, and, uh, she get and the great grandmother gets so, uh, or the, the grandmother gets so upset and just smashes the guitar. Like, I'm sure we've all had arguments where that have had something like that. And you can see how, you know, when we're young, if we have arguments like that with our parents, we see them as the villain. But if you're like right. us, you know, it's kind of like the, the change of perspective as we get older. You see the meme all the time where it's like, you know, as you get older, you start to identify with the adults of of kids television shows or things like that, you know? 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of like in, in, in Girl Meets World. I like it into Girl Meets World. We're kind of on Corey's side in a lot of arguments. Right. Not really necessarily on Riley's. Mm-hmm. But a kid would be on Riley's side. And so it's like it's like that, where you see the, the perspective of like, yeah, you know, they just want what's best for you. And to them, family is very important. It's right. so important that for generations, they've let a man be forgotten. Right. Because of what he did. Mm-hmm. Because they feel that family wasn't important to him, that he went out of his way to not to, to, to distance himself from his family. Yeah, that he turned his back on them, yeah. Yeah, so of course they're understandably upset, especially when Miguel wants to go down that same path. Mm-hmm. So I never saw them as, as the villains of the of the movie. The villain is Ernesto. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, to an extent, yes. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, he did kill someone. The, the, I, in like a third act turn kind of way, yes. But he's not like that's what I kind of like about the film is like he's he's not really I wouldn't call him the villain of the film, if that makes sense. Like the film kind of doesn't have a main villain. It has a perspective villain. Yeah, it's a it's a concept of of what you're fighting against and recognizing when you're fighting a fight, maybe you shouldn't be fighting or you're fighting a fight that that's not the sided way that you think it is. Yeah. You know, Miguel's whole thing is he's trying to get his family to understand him, understand why he loves music, understand what he wants to do. Right. And his family's just trying to get them, get him to understand why they're the way they are, why they don't want to have, have him play music. Right. And I think yeah. that's, that's portrayed so well in this film. I agree. I agree. I think it's, it strikes such a, you know, it's, it's very much, um, I think it's more subtle. And I think a lot of people don't pick up on it as quickly the first time they see it. Understandably, there's a lot in this movie. But the uh, the way that, you know, when people saw Monsters University and the message of that is kind of, you know, you can work really hard to be the best at something and still not achieve it, but you can still wind up finding what you want to to do, even in spite of that. But, like, not everything is achievable. Mm-hmm. Not every dream of yours is achievable. And, and Monsters University really held that message out there. And this one, I feel, really holds out that that kind of message of, of this balance of being true to yourself, but also like, don't ignore the, don't, don't shirk away the support system of your family. You know, don't, don't demonize where you, where you don't have enemies, but you have love and support. And I think it walks that subtle line of that message really well. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, and at the end, when we see all the, uh, well, the, the whole family together dancing and singing, including the ones who have passed away with Hector there. Um, mm-hmm. You see him, he gets to hug Coco for the you know, first time because, you know, at the end, Coco does die. Um, right. When we jump up forward a year. Yeah, yeah we jump forward a year and and uh, Coco is dead. Uh, and on the the um, all the on the the what's it called? Offerenda. Offerenda. Um, thank you. Uh mm-hmm. And she gets to hug her dad, and they get to share that big hug. And I thought that was really sweet. And seeing yeah, them all I, together was really great. I noticed the second time that uh, Hector is in the same outfit, but it's cleaned up. Yeah. He doesn't have holes in it anymore. He's more put together. I really like that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a representation of, of more people remember him now. Right. You know, and he don't remember him as a deadbeat. Just remember him as a as someone who was murdered. <laughs> 
Hey, chorizo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Oh. Do we want to wrap it up? Do we want to wrap it up? Uh, I don't <laughs> because I, I feel like there's still, I'm not conveying everything that I love about it. Um, but I'm having a hard time forming it. it it's <sighs> guys, this movie's just so good. It's everything that I, I wanted it to be and everything I didn't even realize I wanted it to be at the same time. Um, I remember, uh, when we sat in the theater by the way, Olaf's Frozen Adventure quick review. It's terrible. Um, oh, God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I sat through that twice. Man. Um, it is not worth 20 you know, minutes. Funny, funny anecdote. I did see this with our friend uh, Matt when I saw it the second time. Yeah. And he's never seen anything Frozen. Yeah. So when the Swedish merchant man steps out of his hut without a shirt on uh-huh. and goes, Matt just like lost it. He's like, what is happening? <laughs> he was so confused because he's never seen Frozen anything. And so it's just knock, knock. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what is, what is this? Uh, yeah, man, that was, whew, that was bad. There's not enough content to that short to be 20 minutes. Anyway, uh, so we, what was my point? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, you were you were talking about how you sat through this, th- sat through the Frozen short. Twice oh, the beginning. And, so yeah. when we sat yeah. there, when we sit there, and the and the movie starts playing, and 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 you, you say to us, "Hey, are we all ready to cry? I hear we're gonna, we're all going to cry." I go, "Well, you know, I, you know, I, I'm really." You know what? The, what's the one thing against me? Family, yeah, family, uh, son stuff. I think I'll be okay. You're you're a sucker for father son stories. Yeah, son, stories related to dads. And I was like, do you not know what this movie's about? And you're like, what do you mean? And then the movie starts, and it's like, but he left and didn't come back. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my realization. Oh shit! Oh uh, gosh, the 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 opening, the way they tell that story through the. Uh, the colored flags. That's yeah. so, the 2D animation that they use for it is amazing. Oh, it's I gorgeous. Love that. Gorgeous. I also, but one of the things I wanted to point out about that story, the beginning story is it's not a story about a woman who lost her husband and then grieved about it. It was a woman who lost her husband and decided, pulled her up by her bootstraps and made something of the family. Right. She's, Maybe didn't need to despise all music forever, but um, the town and footloose. Yeah, but everything, but everything else she did is is great. She, you know, she made she made strong choices for her family. And um, I, I kind of understand why she 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 banished music from the household because she was also a musician, and the, and they and uh, they would sing together and they would dance together. And when he left, it was like that part of her life left her. You know, right. Yeah, and I really felt for that, especially when she started singing to Miguel to be like, "I was, I was a singer." He left. He left, and I was hurt. Yeah, I thought that was really sweet. Really, God, that's such a that's such a strong moment when he's running from her, and she has that moment where she gets trapped on the other side of the gate, and he's like, "You're ruining my life. You you don't even understand how much I love music." And then she sings to him, and it makes him stop dead in his tracks. I was like good choice movie you could have just left it at him saying that and her kind of like having to take it in but you created a moment to crack that facade that's that's what i mean it really shows that like your your family are not the villains you're thinking they are miguel you know you've got to you've got to really look at who they are 
yeah. and think about what's going on. And I really love – God, that's such a good moment. I'm glad you brought that up. And, I love that moment. And it's really great because Miguel brings them back together and kind of fixes the family in a way that maybe some of the family – the living family don't even realize. Well, I mean like, yeah, because when he sings to Coco at the end, his abuelita, um, she she sees her mom – finally like communicating with her again like calls her by name which she hadn't done the whole film didn't recognize who she was yeah and now she's like what's wrong and then she's like nothing because she's crying because she her mom knows who she is again yeah uh the the power of it is so is so cool um so moving um i thought i thought the film was very effective at creating this full picture of his family both living and dead without feeling like it overstuffed with characters nor that it ever gave any of the characters who were like extras in the family like supporting characters of the family too much or too little time like i feel the connection to his parents even though they're not prominent to the story i feel the connection to his abuelita even though she's not necessarily prominent to the story Mm -hmm. uh you know and i get the sense of how close his family is because of all these extra characters who we don't really spend a bunch of time with but we see them and they're there and then in the land of the dead like we meet more of them but they never like overshadow what's going on but they still do add something yeah because i thought that that's impressive because they're juggling like between that family they're juggling somewhere around 14 15 characters right the story is really about repairing the damage in the family and the damage in the family is represented through the great, great grand grandmother and grandfather, but through Hector and through, through the loss of Hector. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, that trickles down through the immediate family, you know, it trickles down to Coco to, um, the grandmother to, and all the way down to Miguel, uh, mm-hmm. the ancillary characters, they're there because it's their family, but they're not broken. They're right. not part. They're not broken. They they they're fine. They're not part of the of the damage storyline. No, but but that's what I mean. Is like it's just such an impressive balance where the characters feel like they are adding things, but they're not overshadowing. Right, right. And that's that's a really hard line to walk when you're trying to paint this big picture. Like they paint a picture of a big family, and and they do it very successfully without like it feeling that anybody got shortchanged necessarily in this in relation to the story and not feeling like anybody got played up inappropriately right exactly yeah man i thought this movie was great final thoughts um that scene with uh when you see cheech and he passes the final death Mm -hmm. that is one of my favorite moments of the film because there's something so beautiful about that that wide shot when he's dust that gold dust flickering away and you have Hector in silhouette just holding the guitar and the hat falls uh one of the most like beautiful poetic moments uh in the film I I Matt our friend Matt he's such a big gunslingery western kind of guy uh and I said wow this year really bookended nicely for you between logan and this didn't it and he was like yeah yeah pretty much like <laughs> like you, you there's something so powerful there they never wasted a moment in this movie like not not once everything built in properly like even the people who and i again like i get it 
the people who feel like the second act kind of meanders a bit, it's it's building even then. You just don't realize how much it's building. Because that's why the turn with Hector is so effective. Um, and I like that there isn't much to Ernesto, and yet he's still an effective villain. Like, you know, if this were us talking about Marvel movies, we'd be like, oh, he's a pretty weak villain. His motivations aren't very strong. But, but in this context, it's like, nah, he's just, he's a very selfish man. Kind of like a Marvel villain, a good actor could bring something new, could bring something to that character, a line of dialogue uh, or something like that. And you get, I mean, the song, The World Is My Familia, you know, that's kind of what it is. Like, he believes that hit the his fans that that's his family that's who he cares yeah. about most is he, their he opinion belongs, of him. he belongs to the world in his eyes yeah 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 and uh and it's it's really clear when he has his uh, whole bit where he's taking miguel around and being like this is my great great grandson and it's like uh this still seems too much about you man yeah yeah what up with that yeah, every every single time he's just kind of like, oh, look, look at my great-great-grandson. Look how great he is. Look how great I did. Look at how great I was. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, man, this film is a tight hour and a half, hour 45. And it just packs so much story into this. I don't remember the last time I saw a film so crammed with so much story and yet was able to navigate it so well. Right. You know, hopefully Infinity War, cross my fingers. Um, <laughs> Let's not get there yet. Okay. Um, yeah, but that that's really... I mean, what else can I say other than... I was crying at the end of this film both times. I love stories about family, especially stories that are handled so well. And uh, I, I've i wanted to see it again for quite a while, for a couple... I mean, I've only, I saw it last weekend, and I, yeah. I want to go back again. So I don't know. It's what else can I say about this film? Yeah, man, what would you give it? Uh, I mean, I hesitate to do it, but I think I gotta go with a ten. Really? I I like I said, I'm hard pressed to find a flaw. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist, but I think for me, there's just no flaw to this film. I think personally for me, this is a ten. Like this is this is what a ten is as a film. You know, it's it's the perfect balance of everything. It's the perfect balance of of heart, of family, of of its characters, of music. Um, it's it's and it's impressive how short the movie is compared to how much is packed in it. Yeah, and it never feels long. No, it clips along really well. Yeah. So I and it's got and it's got a great joke for you in it. So <laughs> every t- yes. the second time I saw it, I thought of you. Oh man, that's great! It's a visual Brand- gag. Brandon Brandon has a very specific joke kind of humor, and it is it is hard to capture. But you can Sorry. point at things and say that's Brandon humor. And one of them would be an example in this film is when the nuns are playing the accordions on the stage and there's just one dude in the crowd who's way too into it. And that's, <laughs> everyone, that's Brandon Hewitt. Everyone is dead silent and there's just this one dude, center screen, just dancing his heart out. Yeah. It was great. That's, that's Brandon <laughs> humor. 
Oh, man. In its, in its purest form, that is your humor. Anyway, so a little peek behind the curtain. You know, I, I've I've mentioned this before on the show. All four of us and the, our two co-hosts are not are not here, um, but we all each we each rate films on a different scale. It's all one through ten, but we all look at it differently. Right. And my scale has always been how close does a film really get to being perfect as far as enjoyment goes. Or as far as, um, or as far as just a film goes, you know how good a film is in general, and, and perfect for you, and perfect for me, yes, yeah. Um, and I, I don't believe a perfect film exists, so no. I'm, I'm, I'm never really going. I, I, so I'm always. So, You're never intending to give a ten. Yeah, I'm never intending to give a ten. I am hard pressed not to say this film is a ten, for right. me. Yeah. I mean, and I, that's okay because because again, you're not saying objectively it's a perfect film. You're saying for you it is. Right. Yeah, I got to I got to you know, it's 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 a 9.5 or a 10 for me. Yeah. And I'm leaning towards towards the 10. It's high high up there. It's just it has so much to it and there's so much to love about it. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I agree. All right. Well, that'll do it for our first review special. All right. Thank you, Sparks, for doing this with me. Hey, thanks. I'm I'm glad we got to do it because, uh, like I said, I, I've been stoked about this movie. You know I've been stoked about this movie ever since the idea was announced. I've been waiting and waiting, and it's been here, and I'm I'm just so happy. Yeah, man. I'm I'm happy too. This this one was great. Yeah. Um, well, that's gonna do it for us. Don't forget, we are back on Sunday talking about the CW shows in all their glory. Woo! Uh, and what else? And what else? There uh, was another one. No, there's an Infinity War trailer, man. Oh man, that dropped yesterday. We'll get into it, but man, oh my body's ready. Oh, anyway, I just had a a weird thing with my body going on. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, every Sunday we're on the Fakner podcast. Uh, there are four of us. I mean, you know, you're on the speed. Hey, man, whatever. But you can find us, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fakner Podcast. Fakenerguys at gmail.com if you want to send us your thoughts on Coco or uh, your thoughts on our show or just anything. Really, just say hi if you want. Hey, hi. Whatever. You do you. You can find hi. me. Oh, okay. Hi. Jeez. Well, I was saying hi to you. Oh. Aww. Okay. Um, you can find me, BT McClure, on Instagram and Twitter. You can find Sparks after he drinks his hot cocoa at? Uh, on Instagram and Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. And uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and tune in wherever podcasts to listen to. Rate and review wherever you get us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, really helps us out. And until then, guys, stay fake, nerds. <laughs>